0: If you want barn owls on your property and any wildlife, you need hedgerows, don't let them go wild, but they can't be trimmed back to this prim and proper looking, lovely straight line thing. Um, you know, if you've got big trees, leave them be. If you've trees that are starting to decay, make them safe. You know, don't don't totally cut them down. Put up nest boxes for them. Just put them, use a bit of common sense, contact one of the groups for you, put them up to give you the best. I can nearly guarantee you that if, if we put up a box, we have about a 90% chance of getting owls in it. Hello, I'm Cahill Summers.
1: And I'm Giorgett Len.
0: You're
2: Sustainability Advisors. And you're welcome to the Chagas Environment Edge podcast number 58, bringing you the latest information, science, opinion to improve farm sustainability. Barn owls face multiple challenges in Ireland. However, rodenticide is a major contributor to their downfall. Listen in to hear how farmers can encourage barn owls onto their land and provide safe habitats.
1: The founder of the Barn Owl Project set up in 2019, John Carrig, joins us for a bit of an owl chat in part two of this two-part episode.
2: John, I suppose you wouldn't be here
0: if there wasn't some form of problem with barn owls. What's the biggest issues facing them? If we were to go back a few years ago, I would say starvation would be one of the top, top ranked um, things. But as I said, since the the, the Greater White Tooth Shoes come in, um, that seems to have, have dissipated somewhat. Um, so if you think about it, uh, Barnolds in Ireland don't do well in the rain. And they don't do well in the wind because of the design of they're 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 not fully waterproof. They have a small like the, light rain, maybe not a problem. But and this is Ireland; it's windy, rainy, ninety percent of the time. So there's where the kind of starvation comes in. So when they get out, they need food to be there. So that was, for me, a few years ago, to number one. And um, at the minute, it's habitat loss. Now, habitat loss comes in a number of of factors, I suppose, when we talk to farmers, it's old buildings being knocked because they love nesting down chimneys and stuff like that. If you've got old trees on your property and, you know, people often come along and they'd say like, look, that tree is unsafe, I'm going to cut it, it's broken or it's dead. But sometimes there's a hole in that tree and there's a number of animals that use it. So the barn would use the hole that's in the trunk and nest it. Sometimes you get pine martens in there, you get squirrels in there um, and stuff like that. So. Um, I suppose that would be a big thing. The rodenticide site is a major problem in Ireland, um, and we have the campaign going there, but I suppose to give you kind of figures and some of the stuff, we've had it mentioned at all. We've had it mentioned in the Shannon. We had a meeting with the Minister for Agriculture on it last week. Um, we're looking for simple changes in that, but I could tell you some horrendous stories about sites where we've got phone calls from people to come out, and, and um, they want Barnolds And but some of the stuff you discover through that, and it's normally lack of education i would put it i know there's like th- there's these protocols in place for using poison but like i think if i mention them to farmers i think it's the c r r u or the cu or um if i mention them to, to farmers 90 percent of them know nothing about them and um, all they know is that they have to put down a bait box and they have to log information and stuff and they have to it, it's ridiculous what is going on so i would Say that if you look at the, where the real testing goes on, so the UK have tested on average about 600 barn owls plus hundreds of other animals every year. They're coming out saying 88% of barn owls in the UK live in barn owls have rat poison in them. Okay. um We know that we un- use more rat poison per head in Ireland than they do in the UK. And we're working with rehabbers all over the country. So we're putting the figure at about 90% in Ireland of living owls, barn owls, um, long-eared owls in Ireland. Plus in the UK last year, they tested, started for the first time tested garden birds and garden birds are showing signs of rodenticide in them. So I suppose these are the issues that they're facing. We have come across a lot of birds, uh, particularly last year and juvenile birds that are showing signs of um, rodenticide. Unfortunately, we don't have the financial means to go testing um we have to depend on i suppose experienced rehabbers we have rehabbers working with us over 30 years we specialize in birds of prey and we have two vets that sponsor the project so we we have a we've gone to the point where we go to the vet uh the vet will it's basically look at symptoms and stuff of what's going on there and then treat them accordingly but it probably would be shock most people if i told you that nearly every single bird of prey that is brought into a rehab in ireland is treated with treated with vitamin k and that's a reversal for rodenticide anticoagulant um so yeah it's a it's a i would say it's a major problem and danny um is running the campaign he's the one that leads the campaign in in, in the Barno project And that um we're trying to kind of just push people the simple changes we want is like when poison comes in it's been sold in the shop there's a picture on it Tell them the truth and that truth is that no matter what you do you're killing wildlife it does it doesn't just see a rat and say you are a mouse and kills that it kills shrews insects eaters garden birds eat the insects anything that can get near it will eat it um you know if, if how do barn owls get it well the rat eats it it takes them up to 14 days to die so the rat will go out in the field and the the barn owl will pick it up and then over time it builds up in the barn owl's liver and it's set they call it secondary poisoning so Secondary poisoning can stop them from breeding. It can cause them to run into um, trees, cars. It can cause them to do numerous things. But for us, what we see in the field uh, with adult birds, and we're, when we're out the nest box, you'll come across them and it's like that they're comatized in the box. Um, so, you know, last year, I think we had a tree that went to, down to Susan in Limerick, uh, who's one of our team members. They would have seen a vet treated with vitamin K, and, and within two, three days, they're automatically back on their feet and stuff so uh, it can be quite distressing for volunteers and stuff when they're coming across uh things like this the the severe impact of rodendicide would be where you'll find an owl um that would have like blood around its face where it's it's starting to hemorrhage and stuff like that And we've had a, a few of those like um so yeah it, it, that they would be the main cause of the obviously the main roads if I was to tell you that we have an ongoing project at the minute in, in on a few different motorways in Ireland. And one of them would be that uh, the Galway team are running. So it's Ordon Moor to Banasloe, which is 40 kilometres long. And last year was the worst year ever. at uh, 29 owls picked up. Previous year, so that was six. So 29 owls um, were picked up in that, that small stretch uh, killed on the roads. Primarily, I think you're talking about maybe 60% of those were juveniles. Um, so it is a, a major kind of problem, I suppose, with the roads. Um, I think Borderwatch Ireland had figures of, I think five or six years ago, about 600 owls a year being killed on roads. Well, if that was the case back then, I would say it's it's a lot higher than that now at the minute. Um, so it, it probably equates to about maybe I don't know if if we were to be pushed on numbers of owls in Ireland, I don't know. You you we think 12, 1500 pair breeding pairs would be. You know a conservative figure um which isn't a lot if we had one bad season that could a lot of those could be wiped out um but if you, it probably could equate to maybe one juvenile out of every nest being killed on the roads you know so we're only getting we know that in that stretch of motorway that uh we didn't get all the owls that were picked up so that the maintenance crew pick up the owls um we go pick them up we look at the age, the male or female, stuff like that. Um, but we know we didn't get all the old, so the number is, is more likely likely high, higher than that. So, yeah, like, that's kind of where we're at with, with a lot of the um, problems they're facing. You know, things are improving. There's no, there's no we're not, it's not all negative. There are, uh, and I'm sure you guys can see it on the ground, which, like, there are the stuff, a lot of stuff coming for wildlife. There is a massive um, interest coming from the farming community. You know, definitely...
1: In Chagask, I know that we would have had a campaign for responsible rodenticide use. It was built into and off out of the programmes. But mm. from what you are saying there now, I think we need to reinforce that message, you know, as well. Yeah, our, I, it was,
0: our, Yeah, my... my. So the, the, if I was to be truthful honest about that, I think that programme, that document failed. I, I, I'm good friends with Ariadona, who was one of the, the guys I think was involved in that. It, it was a failure. So um, it, it's just... It, it, like it's 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 good it's a good idea it's all that stuff but um 90% of farmers know nothing about it i don't know does there's the paperwork come out i'm sure it comes out some every year and it goes in the main i don't know um you know like it, it, we go to talks and we talk about it and farmers like i we we, we don't know what you're talking about um so it, 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 the uk have come out i know it's it's the same system they're using the uk same same document um they've the barnold trust have officially said that's just it, it's went up by 3% since it started we have gone up by more than that i think here um you know so now to back up what we're saying i suppose we have asked malcolm noonan to there's a thing called raptor protocol and we we i think put in a little bit of a complaint that we felt raptor protocol was not doing its job so uk test 600 a year we have tested i think eight since 2011 shocking you know so this is one of the things we've asked for we've asked for uh the ow- owls in particular so kestrels and owls would be tested because they're the t- two main uh, birds of prey that would target the farmyard animals like mice shrews rats one does it at night one does it during the day so you would test the birds you find dead on the roads and that would give you an accurate figure of 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 what's going on there um but we we've been met with a little bit of feedback on that um the other thing would be the picture the same as the grit box just highlighting that guys have used poison it's it's not rat poison. It's wildlife poison. It's going to poison your anything that picks up the mouse or rat that eats it. And then we were kind of looking for, I suppose, a bit of information to be taken when people buy poison. So not their name, not their address, but their just location. So if you're in East Galway and you're in Bannister, it's Bannister. So if we notice in, in any of the projects, not just us, but any group notice that there's a spike in what's going on in the area, it could be um, other animals, it could be cats, it could be dogs, we don't know. But if we notice a spike in the area, we those records can be looked at. And I say like you there's a lot of poison but out in, in Manslow over the last so I suppose they're the kind of um things we were looking for. So we're we're hopeful that that uh the department I think the department of agriculture look after the the regulation of poison coming in and then uh national parks and wildlife look after the test them so we're, we're hoping maybe we can get something going there you know
1: john how can we provide a safe habitat for you know our our, our owls and our wildlife
0: yeah i suppose safe habitat would be for me um just people that care i suppose um you know if you're if you've got a farm and you're looking to have wildlife there it's don't be trimming back all the bushes and cutting back all the wild areas and stuff now I know like when we first started the project I, I talked to farmers and they'd say, see that area down the back there I left that last year and out came your man from the rep scheme and he put a big X down the middle because I that was in my scheme and I couldn't leave it so I had to cut it that's all changing now so if you want barn owls on your property and any wildlife you need hedgerows don't let them go wild but they can't be trimmed back to this prim and proper looking lovely straight line thing um you know if you've got big trees leave them be if you've trees that are starting to decay make them safe you know don't don't totally cut them down um put up nest boxes for them just put them use a bit of common sense contact one of the groups before you put them up to give you the best i can nearly guarantee you that if if we put up a box we have about a 90 percent chance of getting owls in it because we put a bit of there's a bit of thinking behind where you're putting it and how you're putting it up um you know leave margins in your field and if you're really dedicated if you're really dedicated Plant some game cover or something in areas of your farm we've had that uh down in mayo a farmer contacted us he had an acre land he had two horses launched the, the his two daughters on it. Daughters gone to college horses were gone he put up an s box in his shed uh i didn't think it would work because he put it like 50 foot from his his back door um and he asked me what to do he said you know I, I said would you if you're not using the land would you plant something so you got on to his local gun club they come in and plant a game cover which is only used for the pheasants to hide out and nobody's shooting over or anything like that so um i told him to put a few stakes in the middle of the field because the common thing with a owl was they like to go along land the stake and they nearly half fall asleep until they layer a mouse um i think it was i i totally forgot about the guy and about three months later he sent me video footage of trios on the four stakes he put out there was an owl on three of them so it was i don't know was it two adults or was it three juveniles or what um and then he came back and i was flabbergasted to tell me that they came out of the box that he put his house the one that i said wouldn't work so i said it sure goes to show what i know about it um you know but if, little things like that but for the ordinary farmer i would say pull pull like a electric wire out two meters meter side of your 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 fence line um let it go while don't cut it um, and then at the end of the season pull the wire that the cattle and graze it off and that is habitat for your your shrews your mice and stuff like that that the barno likes living but that also will help with the fox which I, I know some people might like it around but the fox will eat your rats your mice the pine martin the same thing um and it's it's you know it's, it's that whole circle of life you know it's 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 the, the, the kind of I suppose the more I know I, I could tell you stories with some farmers that went above and beyond, you know, like the, the, to, to get uh, owls on site. And, you know, I think I had four phone calls this morning from four different farmers um, that had uh, one down Tipperary, uh, two lads in Limerick and a guy in Galway um, reporting back of boxes they brought up last year that now they're hearing chicks in, you know, and it's like a little kid inside in a in a, in a sweet shop. They can't get over it and they're there so and it, I, I suppose the main thing they would have put in to be honest with you the four of them have they've stopped using poison they've went back to using just manual traps for the time being it's a little bit more work but putting down traps and stuff keeping food away um bits and pieces like that and uh they haven't done anything major nothing major you know so um yeah it's 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 not the hardest thing in the world to get them there at the minute if you can if you can just put in a small bit of work
1: my sister would be delighted to hear about the owls and the <laughs> and the pine martens. She had a bit of an altercation with a pine martin. Yeah, he, he ate all of her por- her protein powder. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly pine martin going around the.
2: What do we call
0: What do we call Protein is protein <laughs> powder now, or is it chicken we're talking about? <laughs> yeah, like we we've had it. Like I suppose I have to bring that up at the meetings. Like when I go into meetings, like sometimes you get like I've been accosted uh, after a few meetings where people would say, I can't believe you were talking, like saying the Pine Martins are good and blah blah. But like, it, it, I suppose if I used to tell you, like in Duggan the first year we put up the nest boxes and said, like, we have history going back there. The Claire Burke is 93 years old, fascinating individual. She's she was one of the first women ever to work for the UN, highly intelligent. Um, and her family have owned that estate for uh, like I don't know 300 years, but uh, they have history of the estate. There was no owls there, so we put a lot of work in. and The first year we got chicks there, they were born on a Monday. And they were dead on the friday because the pine martin ran up the tree heard them and killed them all right if anyone's going to be upset with a pine martin it's going to be me you know and but i wasn't that's wildlife here. Yeah. the pine martin is only doing what he does he has to survive he's no different than else that was my fault so we come up with a solution to the pine martin and you just basically wrap the tree in a material we have it all up on our website that people can see you wrap the tree in the material pine martin so we have a test site on the same site we tested it last year so that they, they moved out of that box and moved into the other box up on top of the hill. We had the material wrapped on the tree, and I could. We had a video on the outside of camera that I can manipulate and move. And you could see every evening the Pine Martin was sitting at the bottom of the tree, frustrated. He couldn't get up. He was trying to climb the tree and he was falling down and he was pooing all over the place with frustration. So, like, you know, it, 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 I suppose things will live in harmony if you let them, um, you know. So the, the Pine Martin has its place, I suppose. It's just. You have to kind of work with it. You have to love it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> John, it's clear you're doing a massive amount of work and you're you're hugely passionate about what you're doing. So the very best look with it. And just to let people know, you've covered a lot of information today. Uh, yeah. and it was really interesting. Every, uh, you have a huge amount of information on www.thebaronewellproject.ie because I had yeah. a good gander through that website. And there's there's loads of information in relation to what you just talked about, the pine Martin if someone's setting up a nest box, how you can do it, where to put it. And also, you can contact
0: yourselves if someone has a question, I presume. Yeah, a hundred percent, like where more volunteers are available. Like, uh, as I said, 24 hours a day, um, like, you know, you just pick up the phone and, and give us a shout. If you're not getting us on email, because sometimes like this, sometimes that you wouldn't believe the amount of emails you get. But uh, just pick up the phone and ring us, especially if it's an emergency, if something is found on the ground. Um, and if it's if it's something we can't deal with, we'll direct you to the right uh, to, to the right source, and and you won't be left um, hanging with it. The same as uh, if you need information or you're worried about. Uh, the right location for boxes of stuff, all that information if you don't want to go on the website you want to call us there's no problem you know and if we can get someone out to give you advice to come out and look at your farm to help you out we'll do that
2: john great to chat today in the program and thanks a million for looking after all the farmers around the countryside because i, I ensure they do appreciate the help
0: and very best and they're, look they're, they're looking after me i think <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's brilliant guys brilliant talking to you thanks, thanks john. A million, john
1: that's it for this episode of the chagas environment edge podcast thanks to john carrick founder of the Barn Owl Project, for joining us on the show.
2: Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. You can listen to Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. And for more information, go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie I'm Cahill Summers.
1: And I'm Gertrude Lynn.
2: Join us next time for the Chagos Environment Edge podcast, signpost to Farm Sustainability.